You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox. And I am joined by Scott Merkin. And Merck, right off the bat, let me just say, uh, myself and, and millions of other uh, Oscar viewers the other night, we were all shocked when Faye Dunaway opened that envelope and announced you were the best actress winner. I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> I'm glad they snorted out that, uh, that, that snafu there. You know, I, I have, unbeknownst to many people, I have been to the People's Choice Awards, and I was standing <laughs> about five feet away from Emma Stone, who is stunning, very, very slender and stunning. And uh, the last movie I believe I saw at a movie theater was American Reunion, the last in the American Pie series. So I might not be the best to uh, gauge on who deserved to win and who didn't, but I'm going to say good for Emma Stone. She deserved that. She deserved that Oscar. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I saw my wife put on La La Land the other night for like 20 minutes, and then we tapped out. We were done. But uh, you, you guys um, went La La? You guys went sleeping? That was it? No, nah, you felt like you could. I wasn't a fan of La La Land. But uh, happy for Emma Stone, and, and happy for you, Merck. You're, you're down in uh, spring training in Glendale, Arizona, and uh, I know you caught up with Rick Hahn here recently, and he's, of course, been a guy whose uh, uh, activities were a, a big focus in, in the baseball community this winter as, as the start of a rebuild, and but it kind of feels unfinished. We all know Jose Quintana was talked about quite a bit, and nothing transpired from that. I know you talked to Rick uh, about those conversations. What did you come away with? Yeah, I had a long, uh, long one-on-one with Rick, and more will be coming from that interview in the, in the near future here in Arizona. You know, he, he basically pointed out what, what he said before. He actually laughed because he said he's abused the word druthers during this offseason in, in the sense that, if they had their druthers, they would have made a couple more trades after the great ones they made, you know, with the great return they got. It's never great when you trade Chris Sale or Adam Eaton, but the great return they got, they'd, they'd be happy to make more. But he had an interesting quote among many that he said, you know, there's nothing that they received offer-wise in terms of Jose Quintana that left them saying, man, we can't leave this on the table. You know, we're going to regret leaving this on the table. So that's kind of an interesting point. And he also pointed out that, you know, he's used this line before that all 30 teams – you know, could benefit from having Jose Quintana, and that includes the White Sox. And with Quintana's two year, two options, that leaves him four years under control, and I think around $36 million. And by the time those third and fourth years come around, especially the fourth year, the Sox intend to be contenders. So, you know, he very well could be part of this mix. Now, granted, you got to do more than two trades and get seven players back to really have a, a true rebuild because, you know, of those seven, you may get two guys who really stand out in the group. And that's not taking any shots at any of the guys they got. It's just it's just the facts, anyone who studies prospects. But, you know, I, I think what he's basically saying is they're not going to settle. And maybe some of these offers that have been out there that have been reported, oh, you know, heavy interest from this team or that team, maybe it's not the case at this point. Maybe it's another team that's that no one expects kind of steps in and eventually makes the deal that they can't turn away from for Jose Quintana. One of the guys they got in the Adam Eaton trade, Lucas Giolito, was, you know, a year ago, uh, one of the more talked about pitching prospects in the game. And then he had a rough transition to MLB, uh, probably hurt his trade value. So now he's with a new organization. Uh, I know you've gotten to talk to him a little bit as well. What, what's his outlook for 2017? As we tape this, I'm at um, the, the home of the world champion Chicago Cubs, and Lucas Giolito is scheduled to start against them today. So it'll be interesting to see what his results are. But, yeah, I, I think he felt like he got into some bad mechanical habits last year, some problems with his mechanics, and tried to do too much to fix them. He, he pointed out to me, I said, you know, you tried to do, tried to be someone you weren't. He said that's not the case. He said he just kind of did things that he shouldn't to fix them and that, you know, kind of snowballed the effect of the struggles. 
you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I did a story in the offseason uh, from our great stat cast people about his spin rate was well below average and his strikeouts were one of the lowest in baseball per nine for guys who had pitched at least 20 innings in the majors and that, you know, they kind of correlate. And I think what it dictates, you can't fix spin rate. You can't work on spin rate, but what it dictates is there was something wrong with his fastball last year. And he equates that to, you know, the mechanics issues. So he's keeping it simple. Rick Renteria told us just today, as a matter of fact, before you called that um, his last bullpen was great, according to pitching coach Don Cooper. So we'll see what, you know, We'll see what happens. We've heard great things about Ronaldo Lopez, who was, you know, also part of that deal along with Dane Dunning. But you know, Giolito is is the the highest prospect of that deal. And we'll see what he what he looks like as he applies these changes. Uh, how about Carlos Rodon, another young arm, um, this one at the big league level, who uh, attracts a lot of interest, seemed to be uh, straightening things out at the big league level late last season. Um, but we haven't seen him yet in cactus play and, and might not for a little bit. What's uh, what, what's with the slow play of uh, Carlos Rodon here in camp? Well, it's interesting because we had, we had a nice talk on the other – I think it was, it was a couple of days ago where he said he's not worried, he feels great, and you guys shouldn't be worried either as he points, pointed to the media. He said, I know you guys are not getting enough sleep, so get more sleep, not worrying about me because I'm fine. So we'll see if that's the case. I mean, I, I assume it is. They're, they're taking it slow. He has yet to throw a bullpen as of this taping, which is a little, you know, strange, but – then again, they played Chris Sale real slow last year, and what came of that was his single-season high innings pits and his single-season high in a complete game. So, you know, I think if it gets to three, four weeks into this and he has yet to throw a bullpen, well, then that might be a little more than the slow play. Then you say, well, what's going on? But, you know, I don't expect him to get five, six Cactus League starts. I think he may end up getting one or two and probably working two or three in those backfields of the minor league side where you can – you know, say, okay, we're going to throw eight change-ups to this hitter and nothing else, and you can extend an inning or you can shorten an inning where you don't have to worry about paying customers or giving up five runs because you went with the change-up as your only pitch that whole inning. You know, it's more focused work. So as of right now, and, and he said it, so you can't have any doubts because the man was upbeat and said he felt great, and we're going to, you know, go with that, that it's just a, a slow entry into spring training to maximize his innings when they really count during the regular season. All right, sticking on the pitching conversation, uh, a pitcher from long ago, Mark Burley's number 56 will be retired this June, and you, of course, covered his time on the south side. Mark, uh, what are your thoughts on that honor for Mr. Burley? I think it's a you know a well-deserving honor. I think he was a great pitcher. I mean, he won over 200 games. I think he won 160 with the White Sox. He threw a perfect game. He threw a no-hitter. Although I will tell you that John Danks, who's a very close friend of Mark Burley, I once asked him what was more unlikely – for him to see Mark Burley throw a perfect game with his, you know, 87, 88 mile an hour fastball or Mark Burley hit a home run. I believe it was on Braden Looper in Milwaukee and Danks without hesitation said the home run. That was the shock. He said, have you ever seen that guy swing? Said it's the worst swing I've ever seen. So that was more shocking thing, but just a great guy. I mean, just really beloved by everyone in the organization and a fitting honor. I I have one great story about him, many great stories, but one that comes to mind is a a, a spring, a few spring back when they were still in Tucson, he told us, uh, that he was sidelined. He had a little bit of shoulder soreness, so he missed the start, and he said it was Dutch elm disease that had caused it. So, you know, we all kind of knew that Dutch elm disease happens in trees, but I have to admit that a couple of us went to the computer and Googled just to make sure you couldn't have Dutch elm on your shoulder. That night I went out and uh, into some Tucson Kmart, and shockingly they didn't have any medicine for Dutch elm disease out here in Arizona, so I got him some uh, fertilizer left on his chair and wrote, you know, hope this helps the Dutch elm disease. He got a big kick out of that. But good, good-spirited guy wasn't a big fan of being the center of attention yet was one of the best quotes I've covered in the 15, 16 years I've done this. So it, it'll be a great honor for him. It could be the shortest 
acceptance speech when a number is retired, but it'll be to the point and funny as always. Well, as you mentioned, Merck, 15, 16 years of doing this. We're asking our reporters this week for stories from life on the road. You've got a lot of them from, from all those years of uh, traveling experiences. So give me a, a great uh, Scott Merkin life on the road story. I know there's got to be something. Well, I, I have one good one just from just to keep it recent and relevant from uh, spring training. And th- this is, you know, this is from the it certainly could be worse. So stop complaining. But it is kind of funny that first week I got out here, I got a call from my credit card company that said there was a charge that was disputed and they were right. It was not my charge. So credit card fraud to start the spring training trip. <laughs> then a couple of days ago, I'm up in the press box and one of the parking lot attendants, very nice guy who I'd never met before. It took him a while to find me. And he came up and he tapped me on the back and he said, hey, I just want you to know your car got hit by a tow truck in the parking lot. And I looked around for the media relations guys, one of the other reporters, and I thought, this is a really bad practical joke, and I'm not going to be happy if it's a practical joke. And I'm like, after saying you're kidding 11 times, he said, no, I'm not. I walked out. Sure enough, the right side of the trunk had been caved in by a tow truck. And if that is an irony, a tow truck <laughs> totaling your car, that's it. And then on top of that, that same day, I was supposed to go with a friend to see the great Chris Rock comedian at a local theater in Arizona that late that night. And I got an email as I was finishing working. Chris Rock was sick and he would not be performing that night. So I hit the, <laughs> I hit the trifecta. I also got an email yesterday that uh, where I live, there was a pipe burst near my place, but I, I lucked out on that one. I feel bad for the others. That did not hit me. So that's the, uh, okay. that, that, that's the good part. I, I will say one other thing is that, one of the great stories in the road without being specific is just the people you meet. I, I've had some great friends that I've kept over the years who I talked to on a plane coming back from Anaheim at the World Series, or I sat with, you know, at a, at a restaurant afterwards watching the Hawks in Tampa on the Stanley Cup after the Sox had played the Rays that day, who I'm still friends with to that day. So that, that's just, you know, part of the fun is just meeting the people on the road. It's not like you work in kind of like an, an enclosed setting where you don't, you know, you just, you're ushered out afterwards. It's cool to meet the people who come up and talk to you and, you know, express the good things and the criticisms they have about your work and the team, for that matter. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, Merck, uh, I don't know if there was a, a black cloud following you around, but uh, certainly uh, I'm, I'm going to stay away from you uh, when I come Yeah, be here. careful. You've, you've, you've talked to me now, Anthony. You're going to be in Arizona soon, I'm guessing. So I would, uh, yes. if we do a podcast live, maybe you want to still do it by the phone from another room. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that on a teleconference. <laughs> I think that's going to be best for everybody. But I want to thank Scott Merkin for joining us and sharing those stories and Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.